Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Galatians First Reverse, brought to you by Telios. This captivating podcast will not only teach you the wonderful book of Galatians, but it will also teach you how to study the Bible so you have confidence in Scripture. Each episode will provide key points for verses in Galatians. Thanks for joining us on this exciting biblical journey. I'm William Stewart, co-founder of Telios. Welcome back to our verse-by-verse study on the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 3, a wonderful chapter which tells us so much about the basis of our salvation all the way back to Father Abraham, starting in Genesis 12. From there, at or at that time, God made a promise to Abraham that all the nations of the world would be blessed, this being Messiah, and uh, both Jews and Gentiles. So much of the argument in chapter 3 is that Paul telling the Galatians leave your legalistic lifestyle in the law because salvation and your whole christian life is based out of abraham and not the law and as you remember the galatians were having problems having been saved by faith alone in the death and resurrection of jesus christ at least we think most of them uh, in the church had come to faith we we don't know for certain but that the uh, but, but Paul does recognize that they did come to faith in in salvation in in the beginning of the chapter, but they've continued in a legalistic system, at least partially based out of the Mosaic law. So we're in chapter 19 and tw- or verses 19 and 20 today, and after saying that our salvation's based in Abraham and thus by extension our Christian life after we're saved. What use then is the law? Wherefore then the law? And the implication in the King James, it writes in italics, it's not in the text, serveth the law. It was added, he answers, Paul, because of transgression, sin, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So he's saying then, The law was given by God because of transgression, specifically to his people Israel, or whoever chose to follow him as a Jew, proselyte, that uh, coming out of Egypt, they were sinful, they needed to be restrained, and uh, as a unlearned um, slave population that that did not have uh, education, uh, especially in, uh, we are imagining the ways of uh, Jehovah and um, having the uh, having it not written down, but really what had happened before, we're assuming it was just an oral tradition. So God had to educate him. He had to give him laws to keep them together as a country and a people, a race, a new race of people as Hebrews. And... <clears throat> also to teach them about Messiah. So they were kept under the law and controlled by the law to limit their sin until Christ came. It was a stopgap measure, a temporary measure. It wasn't meant to give salvation. It wasn't meant to deal with sin. Christ did that as common, and Christ is represented as the seed in verse 18, as it states back in verse 16, it defines it for us. Now it says in in 20, now a mediator is not of one, but God is one. 
So as it said in 19, that the uh, the law was given by the angels in the hand of a mediator. The mediator here is Moses. Moses mediated, and you can see this in Exodus, he mediated between the people who often were unruly, and he was defending them, pleading to God for mercy for the Hebrews. He was the mediator between the Hebrews and God. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Hebrews and God. The, the law was given by angels down to Moses, who presented it to the Hebrews. So in 20, it's saying, of course, a, a well-known fact, a mediator is not a mediator of one. You need two parties. In the case of Moses, it was the Jews on one side and God on the other. Uh, in the case of, of Christians, Christ is our mediator. Uh, we're on one side and, and God's on the other. Christ is our mediator from 1 Timothy 2. So <clears throat> that's typical. Any civil law case, uh, there are two parties and a mediator is between them. But then it says God is one. So what does this mean? Well, it harkens back to Genesis 15, where, as we mentioned a couple of sessions ago, God took Abraham after he believed him that he would have a child, Isaac, and, this, and Isaac would be a, a sign of the promise to come for Messiah. He put him to sleep, he took an animal, cut it in two, and God himself passed through the animal. Abraham did not. Typically, in, and, and the this is the way that contracts were done back in that age, because there was very little writing. It was very difficult to get the um, writing materials, and the script itself was a cuneiform. It was very difficult. So God himself so the, the, this sacrifice of the animal was done so people would remember it was an event along with a dinner and swearing and and so all these things to help people remember in case there was ever a dispute people go oh yeah i was at the dinner and i saw that sacrifice and this is what you said so both parties did not pass through it in this instance only god it was, it was then rested upon god himself to carry out this contract with Abraham. So a huge difference from the law. The, the covenant with Abraham gives us salvation. It is created by God, controlled by God. Only God does it. Whereas in the law, the law was there to keep people restrained with Moses pleading on their behalf. So is it, there's a difference between the law and the Abraham, the covenant in terms of purpose, and also how it's legally constructed. So a, a very important point, the differences between the two. Okay, we'll continue in this very instructive passage. Uh, it doesn't let up. So much information here. Thank you for being here with me today, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast, Relations Verse by Verse. We hope you found the teachings both interesting and informative. Join us next week for another exciting episode. To listen to all episodes, please visit our website, teliosresearch.com. That's T-E-L-E-I-L-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H. Thank you.